Before we get to this episode of Four Songs, I just want to take a quick moment and say thank you. Here you are at the end of the year, and I never thought I'd be doing this show for this long. It means a lot to me that you're still listening. I can't believe how many guests I've gotten. They've all been fantastic. I really never had any expectations that I could get so many inspirational people to do this with me. It's been a fun ride. I hope you've enjoyed it. I want to take a special opportunity to thank Tony at the Pug for sponsoring and Kevin Atkins of Franklin Gotham for not only appearing on this show, but designing my logo too. And don't worry, I'm not going away, at least not that I know of. I've got a couple of shows lined up for January and February, but I just didn't want to let the year get away without saying thank you. And please, find me on Twitter or Facebook or whatever it is you listen to this show. Send me a note. Let me know what you think. I'd love to get your feedback. And if you have any suggestions for folks to, for me to try to interview next year, I'd love to hear it. Again, I just want to say thank you. And now let's turn things over to the rest of the show. So as I've teased out on Twitter and Facebook, this is the very unique, very special Four Songs Christmas episode. As we all know, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without the music, right? So on this episode, we feature four songs from four unique artists that conjure up just about every feeling of the holidays. This time of year can bring back a wide range of emotions, from love to that feeling of going home, warmth, loss, loneliness, innocence, and yes, yeah, sadness. Sometimes you can get these feelings all at once. And good Lord, this year, I think after all we've been through, this damn pandemic, all these emotions are going to be even more heightened, as too many of us will be celebrating this holiday without a loved one, and a lot of us are staying home, or a lot of us aren't going to be able to go home because of this damn pandemic. So all this is just a roundabout way of saying that the holiday music that we love and remember from our youth might mean a bit more this year. And for this episode, I wanted to highlight a few of my favorite non-traditional Christmas songs that touch on just about all these emotions. I'm very thrilled to bring back four very different veterans of this podcast. Indie rock legend Pale Face, DC jazz samba trio Verano, or I guess for their or I guess they're a duo for this episode, Cuban rocker Lisette Diaz of the Sweet Lizzie Project, and the man who started it all, and my first guest on this podcast back in May, Scott Miller. We talk about four songs, two classic covers, and two beautiful originals. My guests this week talk about how these songs came together and how they elicit just about every emotion of the season. Fans of this podcast will recognize the two covers immediately. Paleface's stripped-down interpretation of the Pogues classic Fairy Tale of New York and Barano's drawn-out Bossa Nova version of Joni Mitchell's River. Each version brings a new interpretation to these iconic tunes. And we close this episode out with two holiday originals, one from the Sweet Lizzie Project, whose latest single, This Christmas I'm Not Coming Home, will bring tears to your eyes, while Scott Miller's The Kingdom Has Come is a reminder to all of us why we celebrate this season to begin with. So for those keeping score at home, the order for this episode will go Paleface, Verano, Glissette Diaz of the Sweet Lizzie Project, and finally, Scott Miller. So let's just get right to it. Merry Christmas, everyone. I'm going to bet most listeners of this podcast will recognize those piano notes instantly. 
The Pogues' 1987 masterpiece, Fairy Tale of New York, is perhaps the band's most popular song. And each Christmas, it hits the top of the Irish and UK charts. I don't want to give too much background about the original, which, as you know, was written by Shane McGowan and Jem Finer of the Pogues, and performed as a duet by McGowan and the late Kirsty McCall. It tells a tale of a jaded Irish couple in New York whose hopes and dreams of finding a magical life in Broadway are being crushed by codependence. It is a bitter tale of love gone wrong. You know, it's only been covered a handful of times, because let's face it, it's not a song that just anyone can do. It takes someone with the vocal chops and authenticity to, to pull it off, while also you need that right female vocal to sing along with you. So I was thrilled to come across this version recorded by indie rock legend Paleface and his partner, drummer Mo Simalot. Of the many accolades for the original version of this song, I'd say the word tender is not on that list. However, P.F. in Moe's version is exactly that, tender. While there's no real hope for the couple in the Pogues version, in this one, there is. And like I said, P.F. has the vocal chops to pull off Shea McGowan's portrait of a drunkard in New York, while Moe adds a sweetness and spice that brings a completely different and refreshing perspective. And look, I know this is a beloved Pogues song, and there's going to be people out there who think, how dare anyone even think of covering this song? But those people, they just need to get a grip. It's a great song, and this is a fantastic version. And the way they handle that controversial section that starts out, you're a bum, you're a punk, it's pretty unique and innovative. And I think it just fits with the overall tone of this song, which, which is just a little different than the original Pogues version. So with that, let me bring back Mo and PF to four songs. As I mentioned, this episode is to talk about Christmas music, and I love your version of Fairytale of New York, so I wanted to be sure to highlight that. And you know, neither, you don't do a lot of cover songs, so I was just curious you know, no. what led you to do, to do this one in particular. We were invited to do a song for a compilation album of, done by Ramster Records, and it was in benefit of the Vicky Honeycutt Foundation, so we were asked to do a Christmas song that's like not like a super popular Christmas song. No, well. You go ahead now. <laughs> the detail is they asked us, I think Bob called me and asked me if I would do it, I think. And and I said, sure, you know. No songs were discussed at the time. And he said, okay, great. You know, I'm just lining up who I want to get and everything. And then. I was thinking, you know, what what would I do? And that was definitely the song that popped out to me. That's the first song we thought. We thought. Not only because it's such a great song, but, you know, it also had a female voice in it. And I don't know, that song is just so awesome. That was my first and only real wish, you know. And then when they called me back and said, we think you should do Fairy Tale of New York, I was like, oh, all right, you know. Awesome. So, so they were thinking the same exact thing. Yep. So it was made. It was made to be. Yeah. And what, what I really like about your version is, because you know, I'm sure the temptation was just to do a note for note kind of remake, but I mean, you strip it down a little bit, and I feel like it adds a different perspective to it. So I'm just curious from your perspective, what led you to this interpretation of it? Well, we learned the song, and then we asked, uh, we got uh, Doug Williams to produce it. Uh, who does the Gleam records for the Avid Brothers, and we got... Well, first, it was just two of us, so it has to be more stripped down, because it was just the two of us playing live music, and then we got uh, Stuart Robinson. All right, Stuart from Bombadil. From Bombadil. Hmm. Sorry, Stuart, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so, you there. 
Well, Stuart from Bombadil came and played the piano because I wasn't really, you know, I, I couldn't really. I'm still learning how to play piano slowly. Self-teaching. And he was just, you know, it would be right on. He wanted to do it, so he came with us. Yep. And I remember in the studio just saying to everybody that, you know, because there was some moments where it was like, what should we do? And I was like, well, look, guys, this song is so good, it's almost impossible to mess up. (laughs) So I think the idea for the Spanish came from Mo, of course. Oh, yeah. I wanted to translate, do a little Spanish part, so that's the only thing I did. It's sort of a translation, but not like word by word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a little bit of a, there's a part in the song where, you know, the girl's kind of like insulting. It's just a little raw in the Yeah. And she calls him lazy and this and that, and and I kind of translated that to Spanish, sort of, and gave it a little bit of a Spanish attitude. Yeah, because that's because she pulled the song off. I mean, you need you said you had needed the, the two singers, but. No one can be Shane McGowan and no one can be cursing the call. But no. I feel like, you know, PF, you, you have the vocal chops to actually pull this off and it's off, it's still authentic to me. You know, it's not something that anybody can do. And that's right, especially in the beginning, because you just, it sets the tone. I mean, Shane does it so well, but I feel like you have the authenticity to pull it off too. But I'm just curious if that, what well, your reaction to that is. Well, I had a period, you know, the song is new, really New York. It's so New York, that song. Just, you know, the Frank Sinatra, mm-hmm. the boys, you know, NYPD. the choir and NYPD. And I was in New York and I had, I was, I wasn't quite, Chris, it wasn't quite Christmas in the drunk tank for me, but I was closing in on that at one point in my life. So it always hits home when I hear that first line that that could have been me. It was Christmas Eve, in the drunk time, an old man said to me, won't see another one. And then he sang a song The rare old mountain dew I turned my face away And dreamed about You know, I, was, I wasn't that far from that, mm. from that position. I, I, was, I was descending quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, it, wow. you know, it's such a beautiful melody, too. I mean, it's got, it's just so, it just, it just takes you right right away, you know. Yeah. You know, you also need the right partner. And again, no one can do cursing the call, but I, I do feel like, Mo, you, you bring a different element to it because it's not the kind of, it feels like in the couple in the Pogues version is a little bit older, whereas in your version, they seem a little bit younger. And there's a bit of an innocence, I think, to the way you come to it, Mo, is, <laughs> is that I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it, but I was just kind of curious. Yeah, could be. Yeah, could be. I mean, I, 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 I can totally hear what you're saying. So yeah. They got cars, big as bars. They got rivers of gold, but the wind goes right through you. It's no place for me all. When you first took my hand on a cold Christmas Eve, you brought. 
When the band finished playing, they howled out for more. The notes were swinging, all the drums they were singing. We kissed on a cool and sweet Yeah. Right. She's not being like all attitude. I mean, I, I was just being kind of like scolding my man, but with you know a little bit of his Christmas spirit. So I, mm-hmm. I guess I was trying to keep this Christmas vibe going and not be like too nasty and too insulting and just keep it sweet and innocent in that way. Yeah, because I think it, it tells a little bit of a different story in that sense. Because like I said, I think that the couple in the Pogue version they've been around the block for a long time and. Yeah. <laughs> Here it's just like a little younger. I don't know. It just feels like it yeah. just has a fresher. I don't know. And then, but then again, you get, we were talking about that the ending or toward the end about the that you're a bum, you're a punk. What led you to to taking that approach to it? I don't know. I think it has to do with what you said. Like I I wanted to give it something sweeter, but I didn't want to like change the words that she was saying because the song was written by you know the Pogue, so I didn't want to, like, change the lyrics, but I figured if I say it in my language, Spanish is my first language, I could, like, soften it and um, and and just make it, I mean, it was a compilation CD for a benefit of, to help, you know, raise funds for cancer, and I just really wanted to give it, like, a more positive bend, so when I'm saying what I'm saying, I'm actually telling him, don't be a airhead don't be stubborn like i'm trying to be more positive more encouraging And it worked too. Yeah, and I, mean, I made it rhyme. <laughs> a lot of times, the best thing that I I found recently, what I'm doing is, if you whatever the idea is, you just you don't think you just do it. As dumb as it might seem to you on first thought, you just do it, and nine times out of ten, it's the right idea. It works, <laughs> you know. So like she just had that as an idea and that's what she wanted to do. And we were like, okay, well let's record it, see what it sounds like. And it worked, you know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you stay open to that, you can just little things you can do. If you just, if they just occur to you. And I think, you know, the very end, I do feel like that, that it seems like there's hope for that couple <laughs> as opposed yeah. to the post version. It's, it's like, okay, they're done. But here, like you kind of hear it. <laughs> I think that's a good, that's good way of yeah. putting it, yeah. I could have been someone. Well, so could anyone. You took my dreams from me when I first found you. I kept them with me, babe. I put them with my own. Can't make it all alone. I built my dreams around. And just before we wrap up, what is the best way for people to support you and your music right now? All right. Well, that's a great question. Thanks so much for asking. All all of our music links, you know, to stream our music, to follow us on social media, to find us on YouTube, Spotify, all that is on our website. 
and you can also buy music and we will have some art. Uh, our website is paleface.online.com. We're very active on social media, Instagram, Facebook, so spreading the music to your friends. If you like it, share it, you know, share the playlist or make <laughs> create playlists and, and just, yeah, share the music and, yeah. You know, all that what? our new our new albums on Spotify and I YouTube and everywhere else. So. Yep, yep. And uh listen to that. And we'll be uh you know, stay in touch, get on our email list because we will be you know, we're working on a new album that we'll be releasing in the next I don't know, year or two. I'm not sure about that, but but we will probably be you know, raising funds and but we still have you know, just because of COVID we released our record and we did one tour and then, you know, we have all our merch still. So if anybody's yeah. interested in vinyl or, or t-shirts. CDs or T-shirts, <laughs> we have all that stuff, you know. And then you can also contact us directly, which are our emails on our website and, and we're very easy to reach. So we can, we're can we out there. So you can send us a message or follow us. Well, cool. Well, thank you both for doing this again. We really thank appreciate you. it. Thanks, Rob. So once again, thanks to Paleface and Mo for giving me so much time and talking about their wonderful version of that iconic Christmas song. A reminder, you can get that online at Amazon or PaleFaceOnline.com or as I said, to stream it on Spotify. It's on that CD called My Favorite Gifts. And also, don't forget, you can get their latest album, Go Forth, online as well. So go online and check them out and get yourself a few early Christmas gifts. So let's go from one iconic, non-traditional holiday song to another, River, the oft-covered masterpiece by Joni Mitchell. You've probably heard this song a million times as it was released in 1970 and became one of her biggest hits. It's also been covered by more than 500 artists. But I can probably guarantee you that you've never heard a version quite like the one performed by the DC Jazz Samba World Music Trio, Verano. If you remember, Verano was one of my first guests when I started this podcast this summer. In June, I spoke with lead singer Lynn Verano and her husband, guitarist-songwriter Ken Avis. We discussed how they interpret classic songs with a world music flair. In this episode, we talk about their version of River, which appears on their 2013 EP, Snow Time. Again, much like Paleface doing a Pogue song, covering a Joni Mitchell number will bring instant comparisons, and not everyone can do it successfully. A great song is one that a band can completely reimagine the music and the pacing, and tell a whole new story without changing a single word. Instead of the disdain lament you might hear in Joni Mitchell's version, Verano slows this one down and adds a real atmospheric dimension through its bossa nova beat. You hear an iciness throughout, adding a lonely but romantic feel to this song as Lynn's vocals soar high above the crystal sharp acoustic guitars. So let's listen in as Lynn and Ken discuss their interpretation of this classic song. song that I knew just for, for a very long time before I realized that it was actually popular as a Christmas song and it's just got that element that I think a lot of people can relate to around the holidays it's it's got that nostalgia it's very sad obviously there's a there's loss in there and I think a lot of people experience the holidays differently especially if you've endured loss or you know unhappy circumstances family situation maybe so the holidays resonate differently and 
I, I just wanted to, to acknowledge that. I've, I've definitely experienced the holidays like that at times. I was surprised to hear that it resonates with a lot of people. So yeah, so that's, that's why it's there. It's mm. to, to sort of bring a balance to the rocking around the Christmas tree, yeah. uh, Ken's, <laughs> Ken's vision here. Right. But, yeah, it was funny when we recorded the album and we were driving in the car with my daughter and she, she was kind of enjoying the Christmas album. And that one came on and she said, trust Joni Mitchell. It made the most miserable Christmas song ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, your version though, it, it's very different from hers, and which is what I really appreciate. It's not, because there's so many people have, have done this song and they could just do it kind of note for note, but yours is much different. And how, did, how long did it take you to come up with that arrangement? And because it just, it brings, to me, it just brings a different emotion to it. Whereas I think hers is very, I mean, it's, it's really instrumental. You, you can't mess with it, but the way you did it is you brought your own perspective. And I feel like there's a different side of it that maybe you're bringing out. It. Yeah, I, it came from the guitars, really. I came up with that kind of chordal arrangement, which is, I, I don't think I even listened to Joni Mitchell's mm -hmm. version. I knew it, I was very familiar with it. But the kind of chords that I put into it were really the kind of Brazilian sound, the bossa nova sound that were familiar with and, and and we've got a little bit of a bossa nova pulse to it it's got that little rhythmic bossa nova thing going on there as well It's a very simple version. I think with the percussion on it, we said, don't play drums. We don't want to beat in this, you know, just yeah. atmospherics on the percussion we wanted in it. Because once we heard the two guitars playing those chords together, it has this very, to me, a kind of a crystal effect. It's kind of a very tinkly, crystally, not the jingle bells, but a, you know, more like the, the ice crystals effect to it. It's, it's got this, it's a sparkle to it with, between the two guitars. Tried hard to help me, no, he put me at ease. He loved me so naughty, made me weak in the knees. I wish had a river I could skate away. And then once we heard that and it kind of fitted with the sentiments of the lyric, we try to put more space into it. Mm -hmm. um, so there are some moments when we will stretch a break over two or three bars, which in the original is only on one bar, just to give it space and just leave Lynn's voice there kind of hovering. And in, in my mind, one of the lines that really strikes me is about the river, you know, a river to skate away on. Wish I had a river so long I could teach my feet to fly 
And that's that, very Canadian. It's yeah. very Canadian. <laughs> and that ice skating image was in my mind with the space, you know, letting the voice glide. I really wanted the space in the song for the lyric to resonate so that the arrangements were not overly busy and, and taken over, that you can really just feel the weight of the words mm -hmm. throughout the song. So Yeah, because I kind of, you know, when you listen to her version, it's, she seems, her voice seems so young and she seems like she's yeah. kind of still innocent, but your version, you can, there's just a bit more, I feel like it's a bit more emotional. Mm. People, like you do hear that in your voice and the kind of regret and it's just like I said and that's what makes that song so brilliant because you can take it without changing the, changing the words you can take a different emotion out of it mm -hmm. yes I think we were reading that there's been about 500 versions of that song recorded over 500 versions recorded so so many people have picked up on it and it was what 1970-ish yeah, it was early 70s. Yeah. So developed quite a life in that uh, 50 year period. 50 years. Wow. wow. 1970. <laughs> Christmas past. It's interesting with songwriting, the concept of home is, it must be, I, re I reckon the concept of home must be second only to the concept of love in songwriting. That goes back right into the 1800s and minstrel song, you know, the idea about going home. Um, and for me, that, that's, a, again, a key part of that uh, lyric is she's talking about, oh, Canada. Okay, I think she wrote it in L.A. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's Christmas time and she's in L.A. What's that all about? If you yeah, it don't Canada, snow here. It stays pretty green. Yeah. And, it, and, and the, way, the way she opens the song, it it's, feels very superficial. She's not talking about the way she feels about the season. She feels very detached. You know, it's kind of like Pencil Tom's version of, Mm -hmm. Christmas, you know, they're putting up reindeer, and it even starts with jingle bells, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. The jingle bells in a minor key. So. <laughs> so <laughs> the fact like that, that, the fact like that they would be putting up reindeer, you know, down in in Southern California, it makes no sense. So there's an element of 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 almost disdain the way mm -hmm. she's laying out the, the the imagery for us there. She doesn't feel linked to it. She said, it doesn't snow here. It stays pretty green. I'm going to make a lot of money and then quit this crazy scene. Yeah. Wish I had a river I could skate away on. But it don't snow here. It stays pretty green. I'm going to make a lot of money and then quit this crazy scene. I wish I had a river I could skate away. Yeah, it's a powerful song. And I, I, it's I, amazing. I, yeah, and I, I think your version is fantastic too. So I think. Oh, we're, thank you. For doing it. Well, thank you, Lynn and Ken, for this beautiful version of this song, and for again for chatting with me to talk about what it means to you. You can get this song on their EP called "Snow Time." It's available online or Spotify or wherever you listen to music these days. Check it out. It's got a couple of the songs on there. I think you really enjoy it. So after discussing two great covers, let's switch gears and talk about a couple of brilliant original holiday songs. First up is Lisette Diaz of the Sweet Lizzie Project. You'll recall that I spoke with Lisette not that long ago to talk about her band's amazing story from Cuba to Nashville, along with their awesome album Technicolor, which came out in February in their latest single, Sticky Situations. 
At the end of our interview, Lisette mentioned that the band was just about to release a Christmas EP called And So This Is Christmas, featuring two new songs, along with two pop culture holiday classics, 2,000 Miles by The Pretenders and Happy Christmas War Is Over by John Lennon. So being the alert and astute reporter that I am, I waited three weeks to follow up with her about their stunning original song, This Christmas I'm Not Coming Home. As I talked about in the beginning of this episode, the holidays can bring out so many emotions. And for Lisette and her band, this time of year is something else entirely. As you'll hear, Christmas in Cuba is not quite the same as it is here. And when you add in the homesickness that comes from your first Christmas spent away from home, you've got the makings of a holiday masterpiece. And while this is one of Lisette's most personal songs, I think just about everyone listening will be able to relate to it this year. Because, you know, again, so many of us are unable to go home because of the pandemic, while way too many others will be celebrating this year without a loved one, again, due to this damn pandemic. And yes, that's my cat named Willie. He's crying. I know he's been on this podcast a number of times. Trust me, I feed him every day. And before I throw things over to Lisette, I wanted to quickly mention the impeccable production of this song, which is put together by Sweet Lizzie guitar player Miguel Comas. This Christmas I'm Not Coming Home went from a lonely number featuring just Lisette and her guitar and her immense vocals to a theatrical holiday song worthy of Broadway. Please welcome back the incredibly talented, humble Lisette Diaz to Four Songs. This Christmas I'm not coming home. When I thought about writing something about Christmas, you know, I, I, I do want to talk about Christmas, but I wanted to be honest. I cannot write about Christmas the way you would do it or some of the people who've been celebrating Christmas his or her entire life could. That's not my case. So I wanted to talk about my experience the first time I actually experienced Christmas, like full experience and the way I felt and all that. And that's, that's why I wrote that song. And that, that was the first one. But we loved it so much, like the whole Christmas thing that we decided to do an EP because, you know, four songs, then we could like have CDs and all that too, because fans love CDs and, 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 you know, some physical product that they can get and all that. So that's how the, the EP was born with another original song that's called it's Christmas and everything will be all right with, you know, a positive and optimistic message <laughs> for the end of the year. And, <laughs> and then two covers, the John Lennon song, um, Happy Christmas, War is Over, because peace and tolerance and inclusion and, you know, against racism, that's what we stand for, we really do. And then 2,000 Miles by The Pretenders is simply one of the most beautiful songs ever written. And, and it, it has not been... Uh, covered that much so right. that's why we thought it would be great for us to to do it right and it sounds like just listening because I've, I've listened to the ep it's and it sounds like both those two songs to me at least may have inspired your song is that true and just in the sense that it's a because you're, you're the song you wrote that we're going to talk about this christmas i'm not coming home it's it's yeah it's yeah. a beautiful song and it just it, thank so many you emotions in there and i'm just wondering if that if those two Served as a bit of an inspiration for for this at all. 
Well, I was, you know, I was, I was thinking about my first Christmas here. And that was uh, December. Of course, it was December. It's not going to be July. But 2017. <laughs> 2017. And I came here in November 2017. So I was, I was of course, I was loving Christmas for, for many reasons. But uh, most of it because of how, how beautiful it looked. You know, lights and, and, and presents and, 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 you know, this kind of ornaments and decorations is not something we have in Cuba. So it's like, wow, this is a lot of electricity right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and colors and, and yeah. And, and then, you know, the, the family gathering, I don't have a lot of family. And my family is more like my mom and my grandmother. That's it. So it's wow. not like, oh, let's get together. We're always together. <laughs> but that Christmas in particular was, you know, the first time that I was not surrounded by these two people who are the most important people in my life. So, yeah, I was excited. I was, I was dazzled by the, the beauty of it. But at the same time, I was very sad. I was missing home and and it's been three years and I remember that that time um, every single year because it's the same thing I, I'm never since I'm here I've, I've never been back home for Christmas and yeah I, I miss them so much and then I was thinking about it that um, it was it was hard for me to digest all the Christmas period but at the same time it was really hard for me to explain people that that I come from a place where we don't celebrate that and part of it was because the government didn't allow this kind of celebration for a really long time because it was too American. You know, it was it right. was not part of the Cuban tradition. And that's, you know, that's how my government is. Uh -huh. So uh, probably I think that the line that I'm that I love the most, the one that I'm really proud about, it, it doesn't happen to me a lot because, you know, I guess we're not proud as writers. We're not proud of absolutely everything we write, but that one makes me really happy. And is that uh, they don't know that Santa's never been to where I come from. That right. is my favorite because I think it really captures the essence of of Christmas. Some people uh, have a small 
Christmas tree at home or, you know, some families would give presents to, uh, you know, their kids and all that. But it's not, it's not like here. There's, there's no spirit. Some people don't, don't even know what Christmas is. So the most beautiful thing about Christmas to me is the, the spirit people share as a community, you know, that sense of, of happiness, but that is shared by everybody. So if you don't have that, it doesn't really make sense that some people celebrate it and some others just don't. And that's something I experienced here and that in my country. Yeah. So that's yeah. my favorite line. Yeah. Because I was I'm glad you mentioned that because that's the verse, I think, where, it, especially now when a lot of people really can't go home just because of travel restrictions and the virus. So I, in a sense, I feel like it's, it makes that song more relatable. People can, because they're also, everyone has that first Christmas away from home when they're, they're an adult. They, they phone, they, they start to move across the country, or in your case, you leave your country, but a lot of people go through some of that. So I think that makes the song so relatable. And it's also, you mentioned last time we talked about how personal songwriting is for you. And I feel like this, to me, this is a, a very personal song for you. Is that fair? Because you just hear it in your voice. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's, that was very, very personal. Yeah. It is. It's yeah. It's very personal. What I'm saying. What I'm saying there is exactly. It's. It's. It's just the truth. One thing I was curious about, I assume to Miguel, he does the production, right? Because the, the, the way that the sounds of this one are just, again, just like all the Technicolor, especially, there's just so many different sounds and it's just, a, just the, the way it's produced, the quality is just it's incredible. But I feel like here too, is it setting the stage for a song, like for recording the song? Like, it, is it different when you're doing a Christmas song or is it because you have to have the bells and the, the, all these things with it? Yeah, it was different and, and he loved it. He loved it. He wanted to he wanted to make a full album, which is a plan oh. for next year. Okay. But he, he was really into it with the yeah, the bells and all the that those little sounds that, yeah. <laughs> that the Christmas songs have. But again, that song was very special because when he when he did that one, we were not thinking about and another another song we were not thinking about the, the product the ep mm-hmm. so he did the production of that one very independently like he was not thinking of something else that's why that one sounds uh, different and it has i love the beginning i i was yeah. not home yeah i was not home when he was working <laughs> on that one and when i came back and i listened to it i'm like he was very excited. He was like, oh, you need to listen to this. And, yeah. and I was like, what did you do to my song? <laughs> because, because, because I tend to write sad songs. You know, it's, 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 it's not that it's sad, but it, since it's just me and the guitar, it, it, everything sounds sad. I don't know why. I, I, I never write a song that I'm like, oh, this sounds upbeat. No, it doesn't. So he's the one who you know, changes the song and, and, and makes it sound different. So I was like, hey, 
this one was supposed to be a sad song. I'm talking about a sad Christmas. <laughs> so please don't make a disco version of mine. <laughs> this Christmas, I'm not coming home. And then he was like, no, 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 no. Listen to this. This Christmas I'm coming God, this is a Disney movie. Yeah, it's very theatrical. It very, very, and and I, I just I loved it. I think yeah. I think it's a very, very special song. Whew, what can I say? If that song doesn't hit you, I'm not sure you've got a pulse. This Christmas, I'm not coming home. It's available on their new EP, and so this is Christmas, which you can find on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your music from these days. And if you're going to be on YouTube, you can also watch a live stream performance of this EP, which they recorded back in November on a freezing night on Kentucky Lake outside Nashville, Tennessee. Go look for it on YouTube. Turn it up, too, because it's a fantastic performance. But, you know, if there's one thing missing from any of these songs I've talked about so far, it's that none of them have really addressed why so many people celebrate Christmas in the first place. And for that, I'm honored and thrilled to bring back my friend and first guest, Scott Miller, back to the show. Back in 2010, Scott released an EP called Christmas Gift, which featured a number of holiday songs, a few covers, and some originals. The impetus for this album came almost accidentally when he wrote the song The Kingdom Has Come. The Kingdom Has Come is a moving number about the story of the wise men returning from the manger. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to get all religious on you, and neither is Scott. But, you know, you, you can't really do a podcast about Christmas music without at least one song about why it exists in the first place. Scott's song is notable for several reasons, including the spoken word poetry by his friend Arby Morris, who intersperses a moving rendition of T.S. Eliot's Journey of the Magi throughout the song. And what's really cool about this song is that he performed it at an event featuring a number of singer-songwriters, including the late, great John Prine. After he performed it, John came up to him and offered him a number of words of encouragement, which, for someone like Scott, who has idolized him from day one, that was quite an experience. So with that, let me turn things back over again to Scott Miller. Scott, welcome back. Yay! Is, is this number three? This is number three. You are the official leader. I'm either the leader or you are very desperate. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I'll let that go. Okay. Comment the pond. <laughs> but no, great for your time. I'm glad to have you back. And so, you, so we're here today to talk about your Christmas song, and I appreciate you coming back again. So before we get to the song, what led you to do the EP itself? Because this came out a couple of years ago. Ten years. Yeah, yeah, about ten years ago. Because I, I, yeah, I think it was 2010. I don't know. It, it wasn't as like selling as the reason for the season. It wasn't that cynical. It just sort of. I had a few songs. I, I had. Um, I think what mainly started was W. Uh, is it WNCW? What's the Spindale, North Carolina radio station? I think it's WNCW. 
Yeah, it is. They always had a Christmas show every year, like where Americana artists would come, and it was just like a rotating door all weekend. You play two or three songs and leave. And, you know, I'd see Jim Lauderdale and Tim O'Brien, all you know, everybody that that, that radio station helped. And so for that Christmas song, I was like, I'm going to write a Christmas song. So that's what really started was uh, The Kingdom Has Come is the first song on the on this thing, which really goes back to my love of modernist poetry. Mm-hmm. And so on the recording, I have uh, my friend R.B. Morris, Tennessee's Poet Laureate, uh, read the T.S. Eliot poem, Journey of the Magi. So that sort of was in my head and when I wrote that. So when you approach writing a song like The Cuban Must Come, and we've talked a lot about how you don't set out to write certain songs, but yeah. in this case, was it a little different because it is a, a Christmas song and kind of had to... No, no, man. Uh, that, that That's sort of like... I think that song is a little out of character for a lot of what I write because it's not about my favorite subject, me. It's sort of, you know, it's like stepping outside. It's a different, I've got a number of songs, I think, like that, where just sometimes you're just in your head in a different spot, and it just sort of came out, you know. I mean, it's the point of view of the song is a guy who bumps into one of the the wise men. I met a man by the pond He watered the beasties on He told me before I rode on where he actually bumps into all three of them yeah and sort of that whole saul to paul idea you know road to damascus thing there mm-hmm. man i grew up presbyterian yeah very i guess you're not there's not really an orthodox presbyterian but the, my folks were very almost puritans in how we we lived uh you know we didn't we didn't play cards on Sundays. We didn't, uh, you know, you only were to read the Bible on Sundays. We'd um, just, just stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway. Is there anything unique or special when it comes to writing a song like this? Or when, in terms of writing, like when you listen to Christmas songs, is there something that grabs you? It's like, okay, I want to sound like that. Or is it just, here it is? Well, man, if that were the case, and isn't the Holy of Holies White Christmas? I mean, you, that's... <laughs> yeah. That's like the most recorded song in the history of songs, right? Uh, why not start at the top? No, I really think that when you set out to write any song, you're just desperate to write a song, and not necessarily if you're not really driving that train. It's not on rails. You're just mm-hmm. you're sort of along for the ride, and you're writing, and you see where it goes and where it ends up, and so that one just you know, sort of ended up. And believe me, you don't want to owe me And I will never take the word of anybody For what you believe I'm pretty proud of that one. So was there anything lyrically in The Kingdom Has Come that... Because you, you talk about it's you're meeting the, the wise man, but yeah. is it... Are you putting yourself in the shoes of that person, in a sense? Because it seems like... The first person, when yeah. it starts out, he's kind of skeptical, like, ah, you know, and I met another man, and then I met another man until the end. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. 
Uh, and that's what you do. Like if you're not writing a song about I, me, me, mine, it's, uh, you know, for a song like The Rain or, you know, certain Civil War songs or something that I've written or Red Ball Express. These are things I have not been through and, and have not experienced. I'm, I'm writing, you know, trying to be a, as much of a professional empath as I can. Yeah, because I, I just kind of like how it builds up. You know, you, he's meeting a person each step along the way. Yeah. And then, you know, the last line is then but a babe in the manger they found and how he didn't make a sound. I just think that's pretty powerful. I heard the news is passed around about a babe in a manger they'd found and how he didn't make a sound. Late great Billy Joe Shaver quote: "If you don't like Jesus, you can go to hell." <laughs> I mean, obviously, whether he was the son of God or not, he made a tremendous revolutionary impact on humanity. You know, and and uh, sometimes silence is that. Yeah. Just so you, yeah, and so you mentioned that the spoken word part. So, can you just talk a little bit about how that part got intertwined in all this and? Yeah, and and honestly, this is the truth. Where I, I I had that background, I've always had the love of modernist poetry, but I did not have T. S. Eliot's Journey of the Magi in my mind when I wrote it. And, and like with a lot of songs, and I know there's a number of, uh, of writers that I have talked to, uh, and I've heard Tom T. Hall say this. Like I can remember where I was sitting when I wrote, you know this certain song and i remember sitting and writing this song at a desk in the garage and i did not have t.s Eliot on my mind and i went to to rb's apartment in knoxville and i was like hey i was playing him some of these songs that i had for this i'm gonna make a christmas record i think it's gonna be called christmas gift which is a tradition and that i learned from my wife but my mom they had it in kentucky i don't know if you're familiar with it it's sort of an appalachian thing so i went to rb i had this song and he used to publish a, a uh, I don't know if you call it a journal or newspaper, a quarterly called the Old Knox Review. And he goes, funny, man, I was just going through some of these Old Knoxville reviews, and he reached back and he pulls one, and they had printed the Journey of the Magi in it. And... He's like, what about this? And he was, and we sort of went over which verses to pick and where he would pick, and that's how that sort of came to be. Very, very and organic. The camelmen cursing and grumbling and running away, wanting their liquor and women, the lack of shelter, towns unfriendly, villages dirty and charging high prices. And I met a man in the woods. He'd stop and he'd chat if he could But the news that he had was all good The kingdom had come 
Yeah, because I like how it kind of weaves in and out of the, the song. But you've done it by yourself, though. I've heard you perform it without. Yeah, I do it. I think it stands by itself yeah. without RV. I've done it. Um, um, I've, I've done it both ways. Uh, <laughs> we did a show down in Nashville, uh, a Christmas theme show, and John Prine it was one of a couple of times I've met John Prine, and we I did, you know, like some of my like I pulled out a couple of songs I thought were my best, and RB and I did "The Kingdom Has Come," and when I was packing up to leave, and and John was on the other side, and he's like Scott, Scott, and I'm like, oh yeah, here it comes what he's gonna say. He goes, I really like that uh, "Kingdom Has Come" there you did. That was good. So that's that's pretty good thumbs up. Yeah. Good way to end the show. Now, why didn't you like this other one? Yeah, anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> so how about that? A Christmas original gets a thumbs up from John Prine. Not bad, huh? But you know something else that I realized? As much as I love these songs, they're not the most upbeat numbers that you'll hear around the holidays. So as we get ready to celebrate one of the most unusual holiday seasons of our lifetime, let me go back to the Sweet Lizzie Project, whose other original Christmas song called It's Christmas, Everything Will Be All Right. It's just a bit peppy, which I think is a nice way to carry us out for the rest of the year. So to everyone, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Please be safe. Have a wonderful new year. Check back with me in January because we got a lot more coming. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy holidays. Stay safe. It's Christmas. Everything will be alright.